Hello and welcome to our At Any Rate Emerging Market Focus podcast, the place for us to discuss recent developments and key issues of focus in the emerging market fixed income asset class. I'm Johnny Goulden from the Emerging Market Strategy team here at JP Morgan, and I'm finally being rejoined by Saad Siddiqui from our Emerging Market Strategy team, who's relocated to New York, and so he's been offline for a while while he fulfilled various requirements associated with that. So Saad, thanks for joining. Hi, Johnny. Uh, it's uh, really good to be back here and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. So yes, it's the start of a new year and towards the end of December and into these first few days of the year, it doesn't feel yet like there's a consistent trend for our emerging market fixed income asset class with a variety of different drivers. Some of these are carryovers from last year around pricing of the Fed, but generally we have been saying we think those drivers are fading in prominence compared to last year when they were very much the focus. Um, we're generally continuing to see the outlook for the year in, in a late cycle framework. We've shifted to a waiting period where we've moved on from singular focus on the Fed path um, and we're probably going to need to wait until the market is more fully focused on the pricing of a U.S. recession, which is in uh, our house forecast. Uh, you know, in some ways, this is an interregnum between the cause and the effect there, if you want to put it that way. Um, but it means we're left in a period with different factors which are moving markets in the short term, and it can feel certainly a bit more tactical than last year where markets tended to feel much more trend-like on the theme of inflation and, and terminal Fed funds. So, Saad, coming to you, we should talk about what's changed and what hasn't as we enter 2023. So maybe to start with, you know, what do you think are the most important new factors that we should focus on in early 23 versus what we were considering in, in for most of 2022? Well, front and center right now from, uh, you know, a carry on from December is the reopening of China from pandemic restrictions. That's been happening much faster than uh, originally expected. It began uh, in November and it's sped up along the way. So I think that's really the new major thing that markets are focused on right now. Okay, so let's unpick that a bit, starting with what is the impact of that? What has been the impact on the growth outlook for China? Well, the impact of that right now is a little bit mixed. So since the beginning of December, when this really took off, uh, our China economists have increased their 2023 growth forecast uh, for China by about 0.4 percentage points to 4.4%. Now that's mostly offsetting a weaker Q4 um, of a roughly similar magnitude. Um, so that means net net, it hasn't had a major impact on growth forecasts right now. And in the very near term, we have to keep in mind that there is a drag uh, that we're seeing right now. And that's basically the costs of reopening, that once things reopen, um, you know, infection rates rise, and then there is some self-imposed mobility restrictions as well. So businesses um, that were operating or people that were going to work, you know, they're all hampered because of the rise in infection. So right now we're still in the very early stages uh, of this. 
um, we might see some growth disappointments, but what really matters is what's going to happen in the coming quarters once the fog clears a bit. So in, in terms of market focus, do you think in the near term markets are going to be tolerant of those near term data disappointments, which we've already seen some of and could well see uh, more of? Do you think they'll be tolerant of that given the eventual improvement in growth? How, how do you think markets will perceive it? Yeah, so we have the, the benefit of hindsight when trying to analyze um, this reopening now because over the last few years, we have seen this take place in many different uh, countries um, and under different circumstances. Obviously, none of them are all the same and there's, um, you know, um, unfortunate, unfortunate and kind of tragic, um, uh, you know, kind of health consequences um, that occur as a result of these reopenings. But I think the, as far as the markets are concerned, at least, um, they're going to be focused really on uh, the medium term impact of this. The fact that we are going to see some of the pains of the adjustment um, and then some you know, economic drags from that play out in the near term. I don't really think, um, given everything we know about how these openings take place, um, that's not going to be uh, the major factor for consideration. It's more about the trajectory. And so long as you know, we don't have any major type of a reversal uh, of, what's, of what's going on, um, then for the market, it's really about thinking what happens in 2023 and 2024 and, and kind of beyond, you know, the whole medium term path now um, alters for, for growth. And that's what I think markets um, are going to think about rather than the short term gyrations. So given the importance of this that, that we're sort of saying in terms of new developments, how should we or can we track these COVID developments uh, in China? So tracking it is, um, you know, it, it can be tricky. Um, there's two major ways that we think um, that, you know, that we're going to be tracking this over the coming months and how we think investors will also be thinking about this. One is looking at high frequency data on mobility and alternative data sources. They will be telling us something about how life is getting back to normal. Um, our economists have just launched uh, a, um, a very good uh, new chart pack uh, to track uh, the, the reopening and, and how that impacts mobility, supply chain logistics, and other economic activity. So to give you a flavor of, couple, of a couple of the alternative data sources, you know, you have these nationwide Baidu COVID searches and health inquiries, um, and they have already now started to fall um, after peaking uh, in late December. So that suggests that maybe the COVID infection curve right now is close to a near-term peak, um, but, you know, could, could rise again um, as we get into the Lunar New Year. Um, Second, as far as mobility is concerned, that is still at relatively low levels because of self-imposed restrictions. Again, that's not a major surprise. We've seen that in other countries as well that have gone through this um, process. Um, that said, if you look at the, the subway 
the China subway traffic index that has recovered from the trough, uh, but it's still obviously well below um, pre uh, kind of the reopening levels. So that's one uh, set of data. We can look at these alternative data and they'll tell us about um, how things are returning back to normal on a high frequency basis. But I think more medium term, if we think about what are the broader spillovers to the emerging markets, you know, they come through two channels, right? So one is on China's demand for imports from its trading partners um, of kind of of, of of goods and raw material, and the other bit is on um, tourism coming back as well. Now that data, we're not going to see that for you know some months until it's actually there. So the market is going to be mostly looking at these alternative data sources. And as long as the, the trajectory is in the right direction, I think that will be enough. Quantifying it is going to be still very difficult. And that's probably a task we're really not going to have a strong handle on uh, for, you know, for, for at least um, you know, a couple of months. And which bit of the asset class of EM do you think this is going to impact most? And, you know, how should we fit that in? There's obviously other developments such as the fall in energy prices, particularly gas in, and particularly in Europe, which have been uh, more pronounced as we've come into 2023. So it's likely to add some sort of support, some source of support for EM currencies, Um you know, the fall in oil prices and in European natural gas prices as well, that gives reprieve to energy importers, uh, particularly in Asia and Central and Eastern Europe. Those are kind of the major energy importing blocks uh, in EM. Um, it doesn't necessarily change, as you mentioned earlier, Johnny, the broader framework with which we're looking at um, emerging market assets, which is really about, you know, the late cycle dynamics but it's more of a mitigating factor. It's going to potentially help um, sentiment to the asset class um, as well. Uh, but really, it's, it's, I think it's more of a story in, in FX than it is in, in rates or credit. The currencies that benefit from this are principally in, in Asia. You know, the Thai baht is, uh, is, is one that should benefit given um, you know, Thailand is, is a major tourist destination um, from China, although that currency does look pretty well priced now. And to a lesser extent, some LATAM currencies like um, MXN and BRL. And how's it going to impact then EM rates markets where we're also seeing, you know, pretty convincing evidence of falling global inflation, weak manufacturing data, um, you know, what are the major drivers there? So as far as um, EM rates are concerned, the impact of the reopening is unlikely to be very large outside of China itself and maybe some select closely correlated Asian markets. And even in Asia, you know, the slowdown of the manufacturing cycle is ultimately going to be dictating what central banks do uh, and especially in those markets where historically monetary policy has been very reactive to the global manufacturing cycle, such as uh, Korea. Now, as I said earlier, you know, if if this reopening uh, in China continues as projected, and you know, 
market sentiment on that continues to improve. It'll help mitigate some of that um, slowdown that we're seeing in these countries, but it's given it's unlikely to change the trend. What's going to matter, I think, more for EM rates is the fact that um, you know the market is comfortable with the Fed funds rate um, as it's currently priced, uh, which seems reasonable. Um, the fact that global goods price disinflation now looks pretty well entrenched, um, even if services are are kind of not yet following suit. Um, and you know we know that the appetite of EM central bankers. Uh, to continue with rate hikes already has been waning for some time. So those are the principal drivers. Um, and I don't think they really change um, in any meaningful sense on the back of a reopening. So I think the overall environment for EM duration uh, still looks um, you know, quite supportive here. But if we switch tracks now, Johnny, to sovereign credit, how should that be... Um, be impacted by this reopening and the other factors that we've discussed? So I think one thing which is different for, for EM sovereign credit is that spreads are actually already looking pretty expensive. So the room for spreads to tighten much further on any China-related optimism looks limited. If we look at sort of simple fair value models based on near-term growth indicators and financial conditions, which we use as sort of a workhorse model, uh, shows that spreads for our MB index are over 90 basis points tight to fair value now. Just as an indication, that is the most expensive they have been in the last 10 years. So as well on the positioning side, we actually in our uh, EM client survey have seen positioning increase in EM sovereigns to overweight and uh, Rounding on the technical side, supply is going to absorb some of that demand and any spare cash. Um, EM sovereign supply in the first three business days this year so far is now about the same as it was for the full month of January last year. Uh, and I would expect that there's going to be more to come there. So certainly as we look further out in the year, spreads are nowhere near where we think uh, they would be if the market was concerned about a U.S. recession. Um, but that may be a later in 2023 affair. Even in the near term, though, it looks like valuations uh, are likely to limit any tightening from, from current levels. And that brings us to the end of this JP Morgan at any rate Emerging Markets Focus podcast. Thanks to you, Saad, for joining today. Great to have you back. And thank you all for listening. And we hope to have you back again with us for the next one. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023 JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on the 5th of January, 2023.